0: Thank you, Martin family, for your ministry and music this evening. trust you all have a handout. We are in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through chapter 6, verse 2 this evening, talking about learning to enjoy life. I hope that you enjoy life. I don't know if that's the way that you would characterize yourself or not, but this evening we're going to look at the blessedness of enjoying life. The man who would be rich pierces himself through many heartaches. And last week we looked at the misery that's associated with people who hoard money, people who love money. And 1 uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says that, uh, for love, money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through his craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs or many griefs. Uh, they bring upon themselves many sorrows. However, there is the person who the Lord makes rich, and he does not add any sorrow with it. Proverbs ten twenty two: The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So money doesn't necessarily carry misery with it. Certainly money can be a great blessing, but money can be a great temptation as well. Tonight we look at the positive side of having uh, not just wealth, but uh, that which God gives to us. So the theme is learning to enjoy the life that God has given to us. Before us is a contrast of an enjoyable life to that of a miserable life. What is before us is prosperity in its joy, as opposed to prosperity and its misery. And five eight to twenty two addresses prosperity and its joy. And six one to six addresses prosperity and its misery. So the theme is we are to learn to enjoy life as a result of making the most of what God has given to us. The key verse is Ecclesiastes five eighteen. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. When we look at the word under the sun here, this is not from an ungodly perspective as usual in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, when it's talking about under the sun, it's talking about from an ungodly perspective, but this isn't talking about the perspective, it's talking about life lived now life lived here on earth. The time that we have before uh, we die or before the Lord comes, before eternal life, in this period of time in which we are living, um, we're to enjoy life. So first, God gives us life to enjoy. It is desirable that we enjoy life, Ecclesiastes 5.18, Behold what I have seen to be good. That is to be enjoyable, to be pleasurable, to be desirable. This is the kind of life that we should want. This is the kind of life that we should hope for. This is the kind of life that we should strive after. Uh, It's a life of pleasure as opposed to a life of misery. None of us should want to have a life of misery, Uh, we should want to have a life of pleasure. It goes on to say that this is appropriate that we enjoy life. For it says in verse 18, behold what I've seen to be good, and now the word fitting, which is appropriate. It's right. Uh, There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. There's nothing wrong in having pleasure. And sometimes the Christian life is mischaracterized and there is a caricature of the Puritans. I say a caricature because it's not an accurate representation of who the Puritans were or what they thought. But one of the caricatures of the Puritans is that a Puritan is someone who is afraid that somewhere someone is having fun. The idea that fun is wrong, that to laugh, there's something frivolous about that. We should always be somber. We should always be sober. Uh, We should always be heavy hearted as we think of our duties and responsibilities before God. But that's not what the scripture teaches and that's a mischaracterization. It's fitting for us to enjoy life, to have a good time, to experience pleasure. Thirdly, we are to enjoy life's simple pleasures. Behold, what I've seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment. Uh, (coughs) The simple pleasure of eating and drinking. Uh, Most of us know the joy there is in just enjoying a good dinner. Uh, Like to go out to eat. Uh, Like to uh, savor food uh, just an aside but those of you who knew our brother uh, Al um, uh, Bonnie, what's his last name? Thank you, Al Vibona. Uh, he would always talk about how he loved his meal. He would sit there and savor whatever it was that he was eating and he just took great pleasure in eating. Well, actually the Scripture says that we should enjoy eating. We, we should enjoy drinking. Uh, we, we should enjoy the simple pleasures in life. And it's appropriate to enjoy life because life is short. Behold, what I've seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment and toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. Life is short. And it's very important for us to remember that life is short. There's a a famous verse that many of us know, and that is that uh, uh, we are to number our days uh, so that we might apply them unto wisdom. The idea being that life is short and we want to live life wisely. But in this context, it's remember that life is short so that you don't miss out on enjoying life. We'll expand upon that a little later uh, in the uh, in com- upcoming verses. But life is short. It's appropriate that we actually enjoy our work. Deuteronomy 5.18, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil which one toils under the sun. Toil, toil. It's a word for extremely hard work, for that which is exhausting exhausting and it might sound like an oddity to find pleasure in that which is exhausting but not so for we're to enjoy our work although work can be tough i have here originally work was to be fulfilling genesis two fifteen, the lord took the man who put him in the garden of eden to work it and to keep it so long before the curse Before sin had entered the world, God had made a garden and God had given Adam and Eve a duty and responsibility. They were to work that garden, they were to till it, they were to watch over it, they were to protect it, uh, they were to cultivate it, they were to make the most of that which God had provided for them. That was a blessing, that was a joy unfortunately, the frustrations of work were the result of a curse in Genesis 3, 17, 18, and 19. Of course, you know that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as a result, they were under a curse. Verse 17, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you were dust, and to dust you shall return. So there certainly is an element to work that's frustrating, that's difficult. But nonetheless, our overall view towards work is that we should view it as a blessing and it should be a joy. What makes life enjoyable is to see work as a means of serving God. For it says at the end of verse 18, well, I'll read the whole verse. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat, drink, and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. This is his lot. This is our portion in life. This is what God has given us to do. Uh, this is our responsibility and duty before God. Um, this idea, this is your lot, comes from uh, the imagery of the children of Israel when they entered into the promised land. If you remember, that promised land was divided up by a lot. And each one of them was given a portion of the promised land, and that particular portion was theirs to occupy and theirs to develop, theirs to do uh, plant, sow, reap, etc. Well, this is our lot in life. This is what God has proportioned to us. This is what God has given us to do. And the reformers were very big on the idea of what they called the priesthood of the believers. And part of the understanding of the priesthood of the believers is that everyone's work, as long as it's not a sinful work, there are certain jobs, I guess, that we as Christians shouldn't uh, occupy. You know, I won't go into detail about those. But generally speaking, uh, work is to be seen, as our service before God. Uh, it should be viewed as a vocation, vocation meaning a calling, that, that God has gifted us, God has equipped us, God has enabled us, and God has given us certain interests and desires to fulfill our lives, and so we should see our work as a way of honoring the Lord, as a way of serving Him and our fellow mankind. So as we do our work, we are a blessing to others and we're a blessing to God by our work ethic and by the way in which we do our job. And it's very important for us to realize that our our concept of heaven uh, is I think a bit misplaced as you have heard me say many times Uh, When we think of heaven, we think of the disembodied state of when we are in God's presence. But eternity is the new heaven and new earth. The eternity is our resurrection bodies. Uh, We are reunited, body and soul, and we will be with God forever and ever. And I think some people's view of eternity is that it's one big worship service that's never ending, that we just continually sing praise to God or that we're floating around in clouds and playing harps. But the reality is that in the new heaven and new earth, we are working. We are doing the very kinds of things that we do now. You know, I suppose we'll be building roads and building houses and doing the very kinds of things that we are doing, but without the frustration of sin without the the thistles growing, without uh, all the hardships that are associated with it, but that's gonna be part of what brings us joy. That's part of what's going to bring us meaning in life. Uh, That work is going to be done, and it's gonna be done joyfully, and it's going to provide, as I say, meaning for us. So number two, the ability to enjoy life is a gift of God. Previously, prosperity was looked at from a perspective under the sun. Now life is looked at with God in view in verses 18, 19, and 20. God is referred to repeatedly. First of all, God is the one who gives life. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given to him. Our days are numbered by the Lord. He is the giver. He is the sustainer of life. And indeed, our lives are but a few days, especially as you see them in light of eternity. What a small portion of life we live. Even as you think of an earthly life, uh, when you think of all the years that have gone before us, uh, our lives are but a speck on the timeline of uh, history who knows how much time there is before the Lord returns and uh, establishes the new heaven and new earth but certainly in comparison to eternity life is extremely short God is the one who gives prosperity verse 19 everyone also whom God has given wealth and possessions and power uh, those are God's gifts those God has granted to us. God grants good gifts unto his children. And so again, we should be thankful and we should rejoice that God has given us wealth, that God has given us possessions. Uh, There's nothing wrong with enjoying our homes. Thankful for what God has enabled us to accumulate and to find pleasure in the things that we are able to possess. They are a gift of God, and they should be recognized as such, and we should give God glory for them. Third, God is the one who gives us the health and strength to enjoy what we have, and that is found in the words of power to enjoy them. Power to enjoy them. Again, I will say more about that in just a moment. Fourth, God is the one who gives significance to our work. everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoin them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. Uh, This is truly a Christian perspective. That is to accept his lot, to be content with what God has given us to do, the labor that we have, Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to wake up every morning and hate going to work. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that uh, God has given me the opportunity uh, to have a position that I thoroughly enjoy. Life must be tough if you can't enjoy your work. But that's important for us to keep in mind when we set out to establish an occupation or what have you that we don't think it merely as a means to get a paycheck, that we don't think of our work as solely a way of providing for my family or that we think of work as a way of gaining the prosperity that we need or security. But we should give a lot of thought to what it is that we enjoy doing and take the necessary preparations, et cetera, to be able to land or secure the kind of position that we will really enjoy, that, that we will like doing, that we can get up and go to work and, and actually take pleasure in being there because we like what we're doing. Uh, so that's a part of wisdom. And looking at, li- at work as being significant And as a gift of God, so uh, be wise as you choose your future, as you choose the work that indeed matches your gifts and your interests and your abilities. Fifth, God is the one who gives us contentment in our present situation. This person does not have to mope over nor long for the past. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 20. For he will not much remember the days of his life. This person doesn't have to live in the past. It's sad when so many people find pleasure only in their past and not in their present. That the good days are behind them. These ought to be the good days, the days that we're living now, and even the days that we are going to live in the future. Uh, One of the most depressing things for me was to go to my high school reunion and uh, run into a bunch of people that were living in the past. For them, high school was the best days. IT WAS WHEN THEY WERE PLAYING SPORTS, IT WAS WHEN THEY WERE DOING THIS, IT WAS WHEN THEY WERE DOING THAT, AND THEY'RE NOT DOING THAT ANYMORE, AND and THEY WERE TALKING ABOUT THE GOOD OLD DAYS. WELL, uh, MY HIGH SCHOOL YEARS WERE NOT MY GOOD OLD DAYS. Uh, I'M VERY THANKFUL FOR LIFE AS IT PRESENTLY IS. AND WE ARE uh, NOT TO BE REMEMBERING (laughs) THE GOOD OLD DAYS ALL THE TIME, BUT WE'RE TO THINK ABOUT THE GOOD PRESENT DAYS, THE DAYS IN WHICH WE ARE NOW LIVING, THE DAYS IN WHICH WE STILL HAVE OPPORTUNITY TO SERVE and to honor and glorify God. And B, through trust in God, the person is preoccupied with his present goodness. Notice verse 20, for he will not much remember the days of his life, why? Because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Because he's content, because he's happy. And in being happy, you don't have to get out the yearbooks, you don't have to get out the photo albums, you don't have to just go back and remember life when it was good, but life is good now. And it takes on an entirely different perspective. Number three, few things are more pitiful than to be rich, there are, it's a few things are more pitiful than to be richly blessed and fail to enjoy it. Solomon has seen a senseless waste. He says, there is an evil that I've seen under the sun and it lies heavy on mankind. When Solomon speaks of an evil here, he's not talking about a moral evil. He's not talking about that which is uh, immoral. Solomon is speaking of that which is senseless. Evil in the sense that it's bad, not bad ethically, but bad in the sense of unpleasurable, not good. It's a real shame. I have here, it's a crime, but again, not in a legal sense, but we, we talk about that in a uh, more uh, common vernacular. Uh, it's a pity that people can have so much and still be so unhappy. The problem that Solomon sees is all too common. For it says it lies heavy on mankind, like the way the NAS translates it, prevalent among men. In other words, this is not a rarity. This is not uncommon. This is not unusual. That is, that people fail to enjoy what they have. Unfortunately, it's all too common. The problem is then described. That is, the man has everything he could want in life. A man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor so he lacks nothing of all that he desires. Now, if anyone can give testimony to that, that's Solomon who was given these things in great abundance, and yet failed to enjoy life, and was off seeking pleasure and doing all these other things, and never really enjoyed life. But the reality is that many, many people, not to the degree of Solomon, that have that kind of wealth, or that kind of possessions, or that kind of honor, but nevertheless, they do have some money, they do have some possessions, and, they have a measure of respect. Two. However, he does not have control over the things so as to enjoy them. Ecclesiastes 6, 2, a man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet, could not, yet God does not give him power to enjoy them. One of the aspects, going back to the idea that life is short, is that many times we fail to recognize that life is short when we're young. There's an interesting progression that takes place in Ecclesiastes. And when we get to the end, when we get to chapter 12, you know the the famous verse, remember now the Creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days come? Well, two verses before that, it says, Rejoice, young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth be happy when you're young, enjoy life when you're young. You know, so many people, their whole desire is getting ahead, getting possessions, getting wealth, that all they do is work and they never have time for enjoyment, they never have time for the simple things. And one of the saddest things in life is the way in which people put off enjoyment. You know, they, they work towards the aspect of retirement, and when I retire, then I can finally enjoy everything that, that I have. Well, sometimes retirement comes and you don't have the health to enjoy the things that you once did. I, I remember my aunt telling me a story when I was young my aunt lived during the Great Depression. She had a job and uh, she worked hard at that job. And of course, during the pre- Depression time was really, uh, money was really tight. And uh, she was not only working for herself, but she was helping to support the family. Uh, my grandfather, her father, was actually a superintendent of schools, but through the Depression, he lost his position. Uh, my gran- grandmother became, uh, uh, started turning the house into a boarding house and it would keep people that would come into the area, et cetera, et cetera. They were poor. And uh, my aunt said to me, you know, she said, when, when I was young, I was working. Uh, she worked right across the uh, street from a uh, drugstore where there was a soda fountain. Everybody know what I mean by a soda fountain? Where you could sit down and they would serve you a milkshake or an ice cream sundae and stuff. She said, I'd walk by that every day. And just think about, it'd be wonderful to walk in there and get an ice cream sundae. She said, I never did. She said, I thought it was frivolous. She said, I thought that was selfish. And she said, I always look forward to the day in which I'd have plenty of money and I could afford an ice cream Sunday. She said, Now I'm old, now I'm retired, now I have money. I can afford an ice cream Sunday, but she said, I'm a diabetic. She said, I really shouldn't eat one. Life is short. Life is short, and we can view life as we are preparing for this time in our life when we are going to really be able to enjoy life. One of the sad aspects of life is when people look forward to the time that their kids are grown and out of the house. Then they can enjoy life. I submit to you, we can enjoy life while our kids are young while our kids are at home, while we are still caring for them. Maybe we have to remind ourselves. Maybe we have to take some time, go on dates with our spouse, carve some niches so that we have some some freedom to, to do some things. But it's interesting that the scripture warns us against the failure to enjoy life now. Obviously, I'm not talking about a hedonistic view of life in which we just throw off all responsibility. All we're doing is thinking about pleasure and joy. I'm not talking about a worldly sense. But what I'm saying to you is if we're not careful, we can get a really strange view of what the Christian life looks like and view all kinds of just enjoying life as to be, again, frivolous or unimportant or insignificant. Remember, life is short. Life is short, and uh, who knows how many days you'll have to enjoy life, so enjoy it now. Three, rather someone ends up enjoying them instead. Ecclesiastes 6, verse two, a man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. Again, I'm not talking about being irresponsible. Please understand that. But I, I hope that we hear that enough that we can understand this in a little different light. And That is that so often we are saving for the rainy day that when we die, we have plenty. We have plenty. And somebody else enjoys all the benefit of the, all that hard work and sacrifice. Our kids, our grandchildren, or even sometimes in this text, strangers, other people. We need to be responsible, but we also need to learn to enjoy life. We need to take a part of what we make, a part of our income, simply to enjoy, to have pleasurable times with our families, our spouses, Our children, ourselves, do things that we enjoy. That's a part of the life that God has given to us here on this earth. And it's important for us to do those things if we're not going to be miserable. D, the results that follow are twofold. That is, if life is not enjoyed now, First, it renders money and ultimately life meaningless, verse 2. A man whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor so that he lacks nothing of that he desires, yet God has not given power to enjoy them, out of a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. This is foolishness. This makes no sense, Solomon says. It is a great source of consternation and unhappiness. At the end of verse 2, it says, it's a grievous evil. Again, not in a moral sense, but in a sense of unpleasant. This just really adds to unhappiness. I talk about the good old days. There is a different response when we get old, and that is to look back upon life that is filled with regret, that's filled with a, a sense of, wishing that we had done things differently. And all too often, it's associated with our families. And it's associated with not spending enough time just talking to each other, playing games, enjoying the time that we have together. But we were so busy working, we were so busy accumulating, we were so busy thinking about the future and all the responsibilities and duties We missed out when our kids were little. Some of those enjoyable times that we could have with them. Those talks. Those times of growing close. And it's sad. It's really sad. When our children become adults. That if we don't have a meaningful relationship to them. That they want nothing to do with us or we're not interested in what's happening in their lives. We don't want that, we don't want that. It's hard to enjoy life like that. We want to enjoy life, we want to know pleasure. So we need to be careful the way we live life now. Conclusion, there is nothing wrong with a desire to enjoy life, the ability to enjoy life is a true blessing from God. But it's not just about how much we have, it's about how we look at what we have and view it as God's provision for us and to learn contentment. Enjoyment consists in knowing that all we have comes from God. That is a sense of appreciation. It's also a sense of security. I talk about saving for a rainy day. Again, I'm not talking about being irresponsible, but our ultimate security is in God. We, we can't get to a place where we can absorb every untoward situation that comes into our life. When you just think of all the medical bills and so on. We, we can never get to a place of absolute security. We need to learn to trust the Lord for the future. D, this enables us to rejoice in his goodness and be confident about the future. Our confidence is in him and not our bank account. E, the accumulation of wealth is no real safeguard against the future. And F, all too many have accrued wealth and honor for the future, but are never able to partake of it. Some people dream of traveling, but then when they get older, They have limitations, they can't travel, they can't do what they had longed for, what they had hoped for. Uh, Obvious, all these things are to be held in balance, but it's important that we strive for that balance. And perhaps, in our setting, we need to hear more about enjoying life, for I think we have strong work ethics. I think most people are pretty frugal. I think most people take their responsibilities seriously. Don't lose sight that God intends for us to enjoy life, to have pleasure, to take time. To remember, life is short. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your grace and goodness to us. We thank you for what you have given to us to enjoy. We thank you for our work and how it provides meaning to our lives. May we take pride in our work. May we take pride in our labor that we do a good day's work, that we fulfill our responsibilities, that we are trustworthy. Lord, may we delight in the ways in which we're able to serve others through our work and how we can be a blessing to them by the service or the product that we provide. Oh Lord, help us to remember that life is short. And help us not just to dwell upon the future, not knowing how many days we're going to have. But Lord, may we make the most of this, this moment in which we live. May we be concerned about our families. May we be concerned about really being involved in their lives. And may we find joy and being together, and enjoying what you have given to us, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.